call the Planning Land Development Board meeting to order. Good evening and welcome to the City of Palm Coast CMT virtual August 19th, 2020 Planning and Land Development Regulation Board meeting. Pursuant to the Governor's Executive Orders number 2069 and 2112, suspending all Florida statutes that require a quorum to be, to be present in person at local government public meetings or require a local government body to meet at a specific public place the city may conduct meetings of its Planning and Land Development Regulation Board without having a quorum of its members present physically or at any specific location. And utilizing communications media technology, such as telephonic or video conferencing, as provided by Section 120.545.B2, Florida Statutes. Mayor Holland, pursuant to the authority granted to her by the City Charter, Section 4, City Council Section 4 declared a public emergency on March 15, 2020 in response to COVID-19. Furthermore, pursuant to those powers in the Governor's Executive Order Number 2069, she suspended all city requirements that require a physical quorum to be present to conduct this meeting and authorized that this meeting be conducted by communications media technology under the City's State of Emergency Proclamation for virtual meetings executed on April 3rd, 2020. The city manager pursuant to the authority granted him by the city's initial state of emergency for COVID-19 has closed city hall to the public. Therefore, no member of the public will be allowed into the community wing of city hall during this meeting. Notice that this meeting was going to be held by communication media technology and not at a physical location was posted on the city's website at least five days ago. The notice provided that those members of the public needing a reasonable accommodation to participate in the meeting could contact the city clerk for assistance by noon on Monday, July 17, 2020. Access to this meeting is being provided via live stream on the city's website at www.palmacoastgov.com and 386-223-1690. We ask that everyone state their name each time they speak. We also advise that this meeting will be terminated if there is a technology issue. Staff may read public comment into the record during public comment time if any is received, but no matter what, all pertinent emails from the public will be incorporated into the record of this hearing. If you are having problems connecting, connecting or need technical assistance, please call 386-986-2391. Public participation will work as follows. Prior to calling in with your comments, if you are watching the meeting from our website, please mute those. So when you call in with your comments, there is no interference. If you would like to participate in public comments, call 386-223-1690. You will need to hit star nine to raise your hand to provide your comments when your agenda item is called. You will be acknowledged by being unmuted and you will hear a message that you have been unmuted. Please begin by stating your name clearly for the record. You will have three minutes to speak. When there is 15 seconds left to your three minutes, you will hear a beep. And then at the end of your three minutes, you will hear another beep and you will be muted at that time. You will not be disconnected from the meeting. All callers will have the opportunity to speak. Please be aware there may be a short pause as we switch to the next caller. 
Today is August the 19th, 2020, and is approximately 5.30 p.m. Would you please rise and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Irene, could I have a roll call, please? Yes. Mr. Smith. Here. Mrs. Lucas. Mrs. Lucas, are you, you may be muted. Hey. I, say again, Mrs. Lucas. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay. So you are present. Okay. Mr. Dolmy. Present, yes. Here. Mr. D. Maria. Here. Mr. Scully. Here. Mr. Davis. Here. Mr. Lemon. Here. Ms. Bott. Here. Mr. Um, Mr. Davis, we have a quorum. Hey, thank you. Um, we'll go with the uh, motion for the uh, pass. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ms. Nicholson. Present. Sorry about that. Excuse me. Mr. Davis, we have a quorum. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> uh, if we need a motion to, for the last minutes, uh, if there's any need for corrections, no. corrections or deletions, uh, yeah. please make so. Yes, sir. Mr. Chairman, Bobby DeMaria approved as, as pre, uh, presented the minutes of 7-15-2020. Uh, second. Hi, this is Clint Smith. I'll second the motion. Thank you. Uh, roll call. Mr. Smith. Yes. Mrs. Lucas. Yes. Mr. Dolny. Yes. Mr. DeMaria. Yes. Mr. Lemon. Yes. Mr. Davis. Yes. Yes, Gibson. Mr. Scully. Yes. Sorry, I said yes. Zero. The motion passes. Thank you. Okay. Uh, item uh, number two is a request and approval for um, Avia of Palm Coast Master Site Plan, <coughs> application number 4252. Uh, Mr. Tyner. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Ray Tyner, Deputy Chief Development Officer. Uh, this is a, uh, a, a master site plan for the Aviera. It is an apartment complex located off of US-1. Um, I, I will tell you, uh, before Mr. Hoover is working on getting uh, his presentation ready, um, th this project actually um, did a, a great job at um, avoiding some of the natural resources there and kind of developing around those high quality, you know, some of the wetland systems and, and buffering a, adjoining properties. Matter of fact, I, the zoning code allows them at 12 units per acre, but they're actually doing less than three uh, for, for total of the site. So. Um, this first stage is a master site plan that uh, planning board would, would give the approval. 
and then they'd come back for a little bit more details uh, for the technical side of things for, for staff. But with that said, uh, Bill Hoover, senior planner, uh, will provide the presentation and details. Good evening, uh, Bill Hoover. A Aviera is a proposed multifamily project located on the east side of U.S. Highway 1. Uh, the access is located about a half mile north of Whiteview Parkway. An overall site is close to 100 acres. However, Parcel C in the northwest corner is not part of the application and will be developed separately later. The remaining 91.74 acres is proposed for multifamily community of 256 homes. Since uh, that would make this a tier three master site plan, so it comes to the planning board for review and recommendation with final determination by city council. Aviaria is designated uh, mixed use on the future land use map and to the north and east and south are residential shown in yellow now to the west uh, across US 1 that is uh, county land and that's uh, designated industrial the red area to the left of Aviera is mixed use and then to the southwest corner in the blue area, that is institutional. This is the zoning map, and Aviera is multifamily residential too, which allows a density of 12 units an acre. The lands in yellow and uh, orange-brown color to the east and north are single-family. To the south, uh, there's a narrow band of MFR1 in a light brown, and then the area south of that is DPX, is sort of a gray area. To the west side of Aviera, a red area is COM2. The uh, area south of that in a lavender-like color is uh, light industrial, or IND1, and across the US1, and the purple is industrial, and there's a little small church there that's sort of in a light green color, and that is PSP or public, semi-public. This is the uh, site plan, and you can see parcel C is excluded. The existing lake is being retained and almost all the wetlands on site are sort of being developed around. So the area in orange are the buildings. The, uh, the, the nice thing here, the, uh, by clustering the development in the middle of the site, it lets the neighboring homeowners retain their lake and wetland views. And uh, it, it also is, their they're coming in with only, uh, actually almost exactly one-third of the allowed units that they could. This is what the, if we went up in an airplane in a couple years after this project got developed and we were flying close to the southeast corner of the site, this is what it would look like if we were looking to the northwest. You can see uh, 
US-1 with a couple cell towers going along the top of the screen from about 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock. And you can see the large lake in the uh, upper right-hand side of the screen. This is a overhead site plan. So uh, the north arrow would be to the left. You can see the units again in orange. Uh, they've got one access coming in off of US-1 that serves the entire site. In the upper right-hand corner, you can see a light blue trail. And what that is, it goes up to, I believe that's Wood Aspen Drive. That's an emergency access that'll be locked for the fire department or the EMS. And so they have a, like a knockbox clicker that they can come in there. Everybody else would be excluded. This is a, uh, the detailed site plan that staff reviewed. So you can see that it's maybe a little hard for everyone to see. So we appreciate them turning in a color elevation to uh, show a little bit better for the PowerPoint. These are the uh, review criteria from the Land Development Code and those in the MFR2 district. So uh, the middle column is what's required. So a multifamily project's required to be at least four acres. In this case, they're almost 92. Maximum building height is 60 feet. They're coming in at 35 feet. Uh, something that's a little bit unique on this project that uh, I'm not sure if I've seen before here on one that I've worked with the city, but for uh, when you have a multifamily project that adjoins single-family residential zoning districts, the for each height above one story, the land development code requires that the setback increase by 10 feet. So in this case, the buildings are three-story. So to the north and east, we added 20 feet more setback. So you can see their setbacks are at least uh, to the south. It's, it's actually only 10 feet. But what they're, they're providing is way over. So three of the four setbacks are at least 400 feet to the south they're coming in at 40 feet. Uh, parking for a multifamily project is one and a half spaces for a one bedroom unit, and then two spaces for a two bedroom and three bedroom. Uh, additionally, of the 256 uh, homes, one third have to have garages, or which would be 86. They're providing 96 spaces. Um, the minimum li living area of the homes uh, the MFR2 requires 650 square feet. Uh, the one-bedroom units are 773. The two-bedroom units are 1071. And the three-bedroom units are 1226. This is a uh, like an artist rendition of the front elevation of a typical building. And then this is the, in, in the upper left, is the right side of the elevation. And in the right-hand corner at the top is the left elevation. In the middle is the rear elevation. And then the front elevation, again, is at the bottom. Uh, we have five review criteria. 
for section 2.0505 of the land development code and most of the projects I bring to the planning board are reviewed under this whether it's a master site plan or a technical site plan so a must not be in conflict with public interest B must be consistent with the comprehensive plan and land development code C must not impose a significant liability or hardship on the city D must not create an unreasonable hazard or nuisance and E must comply with all applicable government standards so we thoroughly reviewed this and provided detailed findings in the staff report uh, in summary the master site plan will not create a nuisance hazard or any compatibility issues as it meets all development standards and is in compliance with its mixed-use designation on the future land use map uh, the project already has needed infrastructure in place and it supports three goals policies or objectives of the comprehensive plan meets all standards of the land development code and the MFR 2 district uh, for public participation the applicant mailed out letters on July 25th and August 3rd advising neighbors within 300 feet of the projects boundaries of the two meetings due to social distancing standards two meetings were held back-to-back -back, one at 615 one at 730 the Hilton Garden Inn neighbors could also attend by zoom and uh, Ray Tyner and I attended on behalf of the city four persons represented the developer and we had a total of about 50 residents including about a half a dozen on zoom okay this will uh, the next step would be a, this project would go to the City Council for review followed by a technical site plan with administrative review by city staff and then they could apply for building permits planning staff recommends that the planning board find this in compliance with the comprehensive plan and recommend approval to City Council for application 4252 Aviera of Palm Coast a master site plan for 256 homes so the developer may apply for a technical site plan that would need to meet all applicable development standards uh, the applicant does have a PowerPoint presentation and there's at least three people here representing the uh, applicant including their broker agent John Moran project engineer and their architect so we will switch over to their uh, hello, hello. Uh, my name is John Huran not Moran that's um, John Huran with an H um, and I just wanted to introduce, my, introduce myself on behalf of uh, uh, the owners uh, for this uh, master's uh, site plan approval. Um, we've got uh, Joe Pasquale, uh, the architect and site, site plan designer uh, on board. And we also have Brett and Jason Kellogg from CPH uh, Engineering here to um, 
join in and answer any questions. So what I would love to do is go ahead and turn this over to Joe Pasquale. Thank you, John. Good evening, everybody. I'd also like to share with you, we have two other gentlemen on the listening end, Mr. Hanna, who's the owner of MAG Realty and Development, and Tom Harry, who's the director of construction, who I've been working with for the last three to four years on numerous projects, and we're excited to bring them to the Palm Coast area. Before I begin, I'd like to just share some facts, and I want to thank Bill for a wonderful presentation. Terrific, almost to the point where I should say, do we have any questions? But I'd love to share with you what we do, what John and I do on properties that we are involved in, and how careful we are to understand the neighborhoods, what's going on in terms of wetlands and lakes, and the whole environment in Palm Coast. I'm also one of the architects who started with this project in Palm Coast with IT&T back in the early 80s. So I have a lot of history of understanding the communities, and I just love the land plan and everything done up there. You have a wonderful community. I want to thank Ray and Bill for helping us through the process, and all their staff. They've been very, very helpful to lead us along the way. So without any further ado, we have a 98.85-acre site. We're only developing 45% of that site. We're allowed 70% impervious at 7-0. We're at 8.7. So as Bill mentioned, our density per acre is around a 2.5 or so, where we're allowed a lot more. So that's two families for every two acres plus, which is a wonderful environment to live in. So let's move forward with this presentation, and we'll share what we have here, if I can find the right button to go to the next step. There we go. Okay. So Bill introduced the site location. For some reason, it's not working. There we go. Aviary is located at that location off of 1. Bill, are you controlling this, or am I? I'm trying to do it off your voice. Okay. The site is located with the white line going around it. Next one. The neighborhood that surrounds our site is outlined here in the dotted green line. Next one. This is the vegetation area, the buffer, to remain as is. We cannot believe how thick that vegetation area is and the birds that are along that vegetation area. We actually took some photographs last Sunday to share with the neighbors. We were very surprised how dense it really is and what a nice job it is. So our goal is to maintain that area there against the neighbors. Next slide. The wetlands to remain. They're there for a purpose, and they're delineated for a purpose. Next slide. And the lakes are to remain. So what we're trying to do is work with the natural environment. In my opinion, a good architect, a good designer, a good land planner works with what we are given here. It's very easy to change this, and what's the reason, in my opinion? So we try very hard to work on the existing properties that we can build on and not interfere with the natural area. Next. We have some site and building design goals. Just as you all have your criteria as an architect and planner in this country, we look at projects and develop these goals. Next. Respect the natural land environment. 
as we just discussed, existing neighborhoods, wetlands, and lakes. Next. Design and plan the site within those natural environments. It sounds obvious, but a lot of times it disappears, and we have to pay attention to that and keep reminding ourselves what our goals are. Next. Create a vehicular roadway system to serve for smaller interior neighborhood clusters, so not to interfere with the existing neighborhood. Next. Create usable spaces that are open and create pedestrian pathways so they can explore the natural environment and enjoy the area that they have to live in. And design an architectural style that blends in with the present lifestyle, community, scale, and vernacular of that whole area. We think that's very important. Here's a nice Google image of the site, one of the most recent ones we could find off of Google. Next. The delineation of the property. The buffers that we want to maintain. And how we fit in the site. As you can see that we're entering off of one. The out parcels here, which would be a future development to see what kind of support the neighborhood has. And then we have our clubhouse and then these neighborhoods. As you notice on the site plan here real quickly, that all the parking is internal. One of the comments of neighbors were light shedding on the neighbors. And we know that there's a code and we're not allowed to do that, but we went a step further and made sure the parking lot is being lighting and being hidden by the building. Next. Here's our color overall color site plan. Again, representing the lands and areas that we're maintaining. Next. The future development site. We don't know if there'll be a mixed use type of use with some commercial, residential, what type of use would be there, but we want to leave that option. We also heard that a church might be interested in the site as well. So this is something in the future that we'll come back and visit you all with. Next. Clubhouse and management office. Next. We have neighborhood number one with 76 units in it. Next. Little neighborhood number two with 56. Next. And 124 over here. Next slide. Next slide. We have our open space, which is the community area here. And we have open space with this little peninsula out here with some gazebos and some little dockage for some fishing and some exploring out there. Next. We've created a community sidewalk so that someone can leave their units way over here and come down the community sidewalk to come to the clubhouse or to any type of public transportation that would be available along one, hopefully in the future. We also created a nature trail that goes around the lake. Something very simple. Basically go in there with a machete and clean out about a six foot wide path just to create a natural environment walking through around this lake. You can see how the pathways line up, come into the little gazebo out on the peninsula here, as well feeding into the amenities that the clubhouse has. Next slide. How the buildings work. The front of the building is on the top of the page and the rear of the building is on the bottom of this page. All the garages are internal. So the concept here was to drive through the Savannah Parkway that we labeled it and see front porches and entries into the units. Next slide. So we've created these front porches that come into the units. So you have a sidewalk that will come out to the community sidewalk all around the parkway. Next slide. 
We've created private garages. We've also created storage for bicycles on the ends of the buildings. And we also created motorcycle parking garages on this end of the building. So we're trying to understand the ownership of people and their needs. Next slide. So how this works is this garage here is attached to the rear unit. Next slide. So therefore, you have attached garages. We're thinking that this market that we're looking at here is for the people who may not have that down payment for a home but meet the elements of a home, a garage and a unit that's attached so that storage, automobile storage, any type of use of those spaces will work. Behind that is a tandem space. So there's your two parking spaces for that unit. Next slide. There's a second garage. Next slide. That serves the unit above it. Next slide. Third garage. Next slide. Serves the unit above this. On the third floor, there aren't any garages available. However, the third floor will have vaulted ceilings. And can you imagine the views up there on the third floor? Gorgeous over that whole site. Next slide. Front elevations and rear elevations. Here's the rear with all the garages, as you can see it there. And the front is what will face the main boulevards coming in. You can see these little garage doors here for the motorcycles. And here's some storage for bicycles and such for the community. Next slide. Next. There you go. We have some metal roof entryways. We have little metal roofettes over some window detailing, as you can see. The front porches down the bottom of the elevations, how they work in terms of the entries of the buildings that you'll see along the parkway. Next. The same rendering that Bill showed you. You can see the buildings on the side in terms of the clusters. You can imagine if this is the parkway going around, we have parallel parking. So if you came to visit me, you can park right here and come in the front door. We also will have access through the breezeway on the upper floors and such, as well as the rear. Next slide. Community building. Wonderful asset. Probably one of the biggest things that developers are doing today down in South Florida, all over that I've seen in different areas of the North Florida and Central Florida, is introducing a very well done amenity and package. We'll have leasing office on site 24-7. Security type of thing. It's not a gated community, but there'll be obviously cameras and things around the site. So leasing will take place there. Management will manage the project there. We also have room for a golf cart parking in the back to take potential residences around the site. Main entranceways. We have a package room. We have a cyber cafe. We have the big grand room with some games in it. We'll borrow you walking out to the lanai. Obviously, the fitness room over here. We see the equipment. We have multi-purpose rooms. We have a cabanas in the back with some shade chairs, some picnic tables, some barbecue areas over here. A lovely pool with some beach ends. Sunning. A lot of designs you see the architects do. They don't understand where the sun comes from, so we've got to pay attention a little bit to which way the sun is coming in to get a lot of sunbathing. We've got a lanai covered here, which would be sort of a fabric cabana. And again, the games, bar, lounge room, cyber cafe in the building. Next slide. Here's a shot of the community building. You can see the top lot. You can see some pickleball courts. Excess parking here, not only for the fitness center, but for anyone that needs to drive over to use the community and such like that. 
next. Uh, this is a view looking obviously from the west. You can see in the distance the ocean. Um, next slide. And this is one of the ones that Bill showed. And I like the way he presented it by saying, if you're gonna fly over the site one day, this is how it looks. So um, this is where we are today. Next slide. And we look forward to this great opportunity with you all. I'm working forward to a approval tonight as well as the council approval in the future and working with your staff um, to develop this wonderful project. Uh, we thank you for the time this evening and we're here to answer any questions. Thank you, Joe. Does any board member have any questions at this time? Mr. Chairman, Bobby DeMaria. Okay, bye. I just got a couple questions. One to um, Mr. Hoover. Bill, on the sewer hookup, um, the connection to the existing sewer lines, is the developer paying for that or is that the city paying for that? No, the, the developer will pay for that, so they're putting in their own system. It will go out to US 1. Okay, thank you. And then uh, one question, Mr. Pasquale. Um, thank you. Very nice. It looks place looks very nice. Like I did the garages on the 8-11-2020 meeting at 7:55. You mentioned it's market rate apartments and not credit uh, tax credit housing. Is that correct? Yes, they're market rate apartments. Again, we're, we're looking for you know we're not, not that we're concerned. I think there's a need. The need for affordable right. housing for all types of houses. Okay. Right. And, and you know what happens to the first time home buyer and the first time renter? Those are the people we're so this is, this is a product for someone who needs the extra space, needs the garage, that doesn't have the down payment today for a home. So no, this is not a tax credit deal or affordable housing, but we call it a market rate. It Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Very nice project. Thank you. That's it, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Okay, any other board member? No questions. Yes, yes Mr. Chairman. I, this is Charlie Lama. I have a question, please. Okay. Uh, for the applicant. Um, in the attachments that uh, we received earlier in the week, there was an email from a lady by the name of Carol Scar, Star, I think it's called Scardingo, about three particular lots that were very close uh, to the buffer, lots 41, 39, and 37. <clears throat> she was concerned that they were too close to the existing single family homes. Did we get any complaints from the lot owners lot from, from lots 41, 39, and 37? That was my question for the developer. Uh, Joe Pasquale here. Um, we have spoken to those people and shared with them what we discovered in terms of the size of the burn in the back of their home and the density of the area there in terms of the foliage. The setback on that that Bill mentioned, that 40 feet plus or so, is only to the corner of the, the building that's sitting in that area. From that point on, the setback goes up to well over 300 feet, 200 something feet. So there is a little corner there. We are very, we, we took notice of her concern. Her concern was more that what is she gonna see and concern about people walking behind her lot. So we don't actually see that as a concern at this moment in time. And I would like to have John Horan add something to that because John actually went out to the site today and met with some people. John? 
What I've done is I've spoken to people that have had concern about it, and we really, they didn't know the true proximity of where their lot was in connection with the project. And there's a very large berm there, and the vegetation is going to be very dense. And after talking with the people after the neighborhood meeting, I believe everybody feels good about the actual distance from the building to their lot. And particularly in the south end, there's at least a 10-foot berm, about 10 feet, that you can't see the buildings at all through the berm or the vegetation. And I gave everybody my phone number, my email address, and after I spoke with everybody, no one else has called and had any complaints at all. After I explained the distances, no one else has called or followed up. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Thank you. And I just want to add, this is Ray Tyner, I just want to add to, as you saw in Mr. Hoover's presentation, that the applicant is actually exceeding the minimum standards for the buffer, even on that side. Any other board member? I have one couple of questions. Is all of the electrical and everything underground? Joe Pasquale here. Yes, it will be. Okay. What about street lighting? Street lighting will obviously be what's required for the parking lots and such like that. And if there's any type of lighting that is required by the city in terms of the street lighting, we'll handle that as well. Thank you. Okay. Bring it to any public. Is anyone on the phone that needs to speak? No one's on the phone? All right, we'll close that. We'll bring it back to the board. The board will make a motion, and we'll go from there. Yes, Mr. Chairman. Bobby DiMaria. Okay. Make a motion for approval to include the sort of development applied for a technical site plan that would need to meet all applicable development requirements. Just only a second. All right. I have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? Hearing none, a roll call, please, Irene. Mr. Smith. Yes. Mrs. Lucas. Mrs. Lucas. Can you hear me? Can. Yeah. Mrs. Lucas. Yes. Thank you. Mr. Dolman. Yes. Mr. Scully. Yes. Mr. DiMaria. Yes. Mr. Lemon. Yes. Mr. Davis. Yes. Mr. Davis, the motion carries 7 to 0. Thank you. The next item on our list. Thank you all. You're quite welcome, sir. Have a good evening. Thank you. Item number three 
is a request to approve uh, the Trails Townhomes Subdivision Master Plan Application 4410. Mr. Tyner. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, this is a subdivision master plan. Um, basically, uh, our process for subdivisions have three-step process. One is uh, the first part of that is doing a, uh, a master plan, and if it's over 40 units, the planning board will make a recommendation to city staff to, to move that project forward to the second phase, which is a preliminary plat for the construction plans and the platting process, and then the third stage is the plat process, the final plat, which is approved um, by, by city council. So um, this, this project is located in our Palm Coast Park uh, master plan area. It's a development of regional impact at DRI. Actually, in the past, not too distant past, this, this project had a modification with the master plan development. It's actually down zone, I guess you would say, um, for this specific piece of property. It meets all the requirements uh, of the DRI and of the uh, master plan development ag agreement for <coughs> Palm Coast Park. But with, with all the details of the project is uh, Mr. Bill Hoover with the presentation. Good evening, Bill Hoover again. Uh, the trails is 187.7 acres for 274 townhouses at a density of about 1.5 units per acre. This is the uh, future land use map and to the north is uh, DRI mixed use, which is the lavender hatched color, which is the same as the subject site. And you can see the west part of the site is uh, conservation, as well as the lands further to the west are conservation. To the south is conservation and DRI mixed use. As we jump across Beltair Parkway, the uh, blue area is institutional and the yellow areas are residential. This is the uh, zoning map. The subject property is MPD, as Ray Tyner mentioned, uh, also known as Palm Coast Park MPD. So everything on the west side of Beltaire Parkway that touches this property is also MPD. Uh, across the Beltaire Parkway, we've got single-family residential two and three in the yellow and orange. The uh, light blue area across the street is uh, designated uh, PSP. That's where the uh, fire station is located. The, uh, this is the uh, overall Palm Coast Park MPD master plan. And so uh, the subject property for tonight's uh, review is on track 22, and that's designated as flex uses. And it specifically allows townhouses to be developed under residential medium density standards that are in the MPD document. This is the uh, overall site plan. So, uh, North Arrow is at the top on this, so you can see that this subject property uh, for fitting 274 homes on here, they're doing it on the upland area, which is on the easterly 34 acres. The westerly 
153 acres will all be preserved. Uh, this is a blow up of the, the area that's just being developed. Uh, North Arrow would be to the left. So you can see Beltair Parkway, the project has two access points on there that's required for all projects of 50 homes or more. They will uh, actually have a total of 42 buildings. Uh, townhomes are two-story. And there's going to be eight four-unit buildings, 15 six-unit buildings, and 19 eight-unit buildings. This is a, uh, I would call it an artist rendition. And it shows, uh, I believe there's four different models. They vary in size from uh, about 1,400 square feet to just under 1,800 square feet. They're all two or three bedroom and they've got uh, typically two and a half baths. Okay, the, uh, one of the things that you'll see that we conditioned our approval on was they didn't have the uh, Building elevations finished for the rear and the sides. However, they did take a picture on uh, over the weekend that got it to us on Monday. So they've already built this same project somewhere else. It looks like in Florida, because in the back you can see it looks like a lot of slash pines and you can see a stormwater pond. So that, that gives you a view. The buildings will look just like this. The colors may be slightly modified during the review of the technical site. I'm sorry, actually would be preliminary plat in this case. Uh, these are the five review criteria that we're all getting very used to. Uh, a, must not be in conflict with the public interest. Uh, must be consistent with the comprehensive plan and the land development code must not impose a significant hardship or liability on the city, must not create a nuisance or unreasonable hazard, and must comply with all applicable government standards. Uh, we reviewed this in detail for the master plan, uh, subdivision master plan and provided detailed uh, findings in our staff report and the proposed subdivision would not create any nuisance hazard or compatibility issues as it meets all development standards as we conditioned it. Uh, the proposed residential uses would meet the uh, Palm Coast Park, DRI, and MPD standards. The public infrastructure is already in place right out in front of the project and the way they're clustering the units would minimize impacts to quality wetland areas. The project does meet the uh, DRI, MPD, LDC, and comprehensive plan standards as we conditioned it in our uh, staff report and our recommendation. Uh, so if, if this is approved tonight by the uh, planning board, they could submit as soon as they get the preliminary plat and construction drawings done. That would allow them to commence construction and then before they could sell any townhomes, they would have to have a final plat reviewed and approved by the city council. And then before they can go vertical, they would need to get building permits that would be reviewed by the city uh, staff. This is our recommendation. It's a little bit lengthy. Um, and part of it was they, 
if the planning board would have been a, a week later, they could have probably got, uh, we could have probably limited these down to maybe one or two, but uh, since the planning board's four weeks, the next one's four weeks, they, we sort of hustled to get this together, so I apologize that maybe you got a little more conditions than normal. So they can take care of these conditions with the preliminary plat, they, they've went through, the applicant has went through and looked at these, and they do not see an issue that they cannot meet these. But anyway, staff recommends that the planning board find the project in compliance with the comprehensive plan and approve the subdivision master plan for the Trails Townhomes application 4410 subject to the following conditions. One, expand the townhomes lots that back up to Beltaire Parkway. So these are the only ones. So they meet the minimum 2,000 square foot area requirements. This may be accomplished by vacating a drainage easement that's no longer needed along Beltaire Parkway and then overlapping the 25 foot wide landscape buffer G by 8.14 feet with the existing utility easement so the lots can be expanded eastward by 8.14 feet. Two, and these uh, conditions are coming in from different reviewers, so you'll, you'll notice the, the text is uh, coming from, let's say, a landscape architect or uh, the environmentalist. There's not enough information on the drawings provided to complete an initial architectural review. Provide dimensional elevations of all four sides of the four, six, and eight unit townhomes. All elevations shall be rendered and all finishes and color selections noted with the associated light reflectance value to ensure they meet chapter 13 standards in the land development code. UMAM scores need to be provided for the wetlands to remain so that appropriate sized buffers can be applied per section 10.0108 in the land development code. Only scores for the proposed impacts were provided. Please update the environmental report to include the requested scores. Four, Show, label, and dimension landscape buffers on north and south property lines of landscape plans. Five, extend line of Beltaire landscape buffer G to the south property line. Please note it may only overlap the utility easement 8.33 feet, so adjust as needed. Six, the buffer line has been removed since the last submission. All landscape buffer lines must be shown on landscape plans. Seven, pond one has also been altered since the last submission. Shift the pond out of the landscape buffer per section 110305C6C of the land development code. Eight, provide wildfire hazard assessment with the preliminary plat submittal. Kurt Limpay uh, from Alliant Engineering. He's the project engineer, and he's here if you have any questions for the uh, project engineer or on the uh, project itself. So if you have any questions for staff, uh, you can, so whoever you want to direct those questions to. Okay, does the application uh, have a presentation? Uh, we don't have any presentation. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Uh, 
I see a lot of unknown answers or questions to uh, this application that are, are kind of liking. Why, uh, can you answer why we don't have all these things? Um, I think uh, it was a matter of just coordination towards the end. We were really trying to get onto this planning board. Um, there was some comments and, and um, staff questions that came up late, and uh, it was just difficult to coordinate that um, by the deadline for the for the, the package for the planning. So um, uh, the items that are presented there, as far as the um, that we we agreed to, they're they're fairly minor in the end. Um, it's really just some numbers um, that, that need to be shown on certain buffers and stuff like that. Um, the, the entire project meets all the requirements of the land development code and all the requirements of the city of Palm Coast. Um, so I, I don't think there's anything there um, that we're too concerned about. Could you go back to the um, question, the concerns, one through eight? Go on up, please. Number two, there is not enough information, drawings provided, or incorporation, initial architectural review, and all of this. Now, this, to me, as chairman, is not complete. And to get to this board with not all the information is needed for the city or this board to make a recommendation is very difficult. Now I'll ask, I'll ask the board members for their concerns um, on this, but that is my concerns on it. If, if I may, Mr. Chairman, um, I'm also getting similar type responses from the clients that I have where we have to meet a certain deadline. We know we're not going to get everything complete, but we can clean it up in the aftermath. I view these points one through eight as kind of similar to that. They're going to be cleaned up at staff level when it comes back to them regardless. Um, with that, I yield back. Okay, any other board member? Yeah, um, Mr. Chairman. I kind of agree. As long as we make conditions of approval on this, if this is we go through nomination, this um, they'll have to go by that. And I think it goes back to staff. Uh, the question I have is to uh, Bill. Same question before. Any connected to the existing sewer line, the developer pays for this. Am I correct? Yes, sir. And street lights. Are going to be any street lights? Any street lighting? Well, there, there's, those aren't streets inside the project. I think they're more like, well, I guess they would be streets. Kurt, do you have a, do you know what kind of street lights that you'd put in? Um, we haven't really covered that yet. Um, the buildings in the garages um, have lighting, and so that ambient lighting off the buildings may be enough for the, the project development. There may be a few street lights, but we don't anticipate street lights are needed all the way through because of the development type. Okay, thank you. It's, it's a gated community, am I correct? That is correct. Thank you. Mr. Tyner. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Mr. Tyner, 
this is it's it's not to me it's not enough information and the board goes and approves something without having it complete and I know the staff is excellent at this but to present something like this to a board with not all the complete information is kind of difficult can you answer me in any way yes sir let me let me try um, you know when I started off the presentation and introduction for mr. Hoover I talked about that this was a three tiered three tiered step uh, a master plan um, followed by the preliminary plat followed by the final plat okay uh, staff we were very comfortable in this case of, of conditioning uh, some of these items because they're not done yet um, they will have to go to the construction plans and and get into some more finite details as a matter of fact I will tell you you know this is a you know what it is is a master plan and I, I think you know the information that they did provide as far as what the elevation theme is going to look like uh, you know, in the pictures that they showed, you know, all that they showed and what they provided comply with the land development code. What we typically do, um, uh, it's not uncommon for us on a master plan, to, to, especially when there's another step involved, to, to have conditions um, that are carried over to the next phase, like the preliminary plat. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, we typically 99% of the time when we're doing a preliminary plat as long as our construction plans are satisfied 100% we will carry over comments to that final plat for the applicant to move forward on that next stage so because this is a, a master plan it's not a site plan uh, it's a master plan and and basically what the master plan and, and what the applicant provided staff and all of our technical staff is comfortable bringing this forward is that they provided the overall information um, that we know that that project would, will work that would meet the land development code um, and then when they get into the preliminary plat that's when they get in some more uh, details so I would say you know some of the details that they provided really really good details um, but really from a master plan standpoint you're looking at a 30,000 foot level because it is a master plan um, so we staff um, all of our staff uh, not just uh, Mr. Hoover and I but but our stormwater our engineers uh, our landscape architect everybody as a team effort is, is um, recommending that this would move forward to the next stage so we're, we're very comfortable Mr. Chairman Do I have any other board members with any concerns? All right, hearing none, I'll open it to the uh, public. Is there anyone on the line for the public? Um, if I may interject, this is Anthony Sharp with DR Horton. Um, we did not have the renderings for the side and the rear. Uh, we did take pretty good pictures of the rear of the unit which face of Belter Parkway. I think those actually show you more detail than a rendering. Uh, and we will get the renderings done. Uh, we just didn't have them available at the time. 
Also, we will do street lighting. Um, so if there is, we will, you know, we will have everything that you need. Okay. Um, this will not come back before this board. Correct, Mr. Tyner? That's correct. Yeah, next step is a preliminary plan. So, board members, you're voting uh, or considering um, I don't know how else to say it, but other than that it's not real clear to me and, uh, and knowing that it's not going to come back to the board for y'all to um, see all the things that are missing. Um, and we had no uh, citizens to respond, no, none. So I'm bringing it back to the board um, for, for your recommendation or uh, vote motion. Mr. Chairman, Bobby, yeah. Bobby move to approve application number 4410 with the eight stated conditions as written. Bobby Demer, second it. Okay, I have a motion and a second. Roll call, please. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, you're, you may be muted. <coughs> Sorry, Mr. Smith, I'm uh -oh. hearing you. Mr. Smith. Come back to Mr. Smith next. Uh, Mrs. Lucas. Yes. Mr. Dolney. Yes. Mr. Scully. Yes. Mr. De Maria. Yes. I'm sorry. Mr. De Maria. I think I just lost him. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Lemon. <laughs> Yes, subject to the conditions. <laughs> Mr. Davis. No. Mr. Smith. I'm not sure how to record that. I can't get an answer from Mr. Smith. Send them an email. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, can I call him on my phone? Sure, you just have to state his vote. <laughs> but we got to hear his voice, don't we, Katie? Pardon me? We have to hear his voice, don't we? As a, well, yay, as a yay or a nay? Yeah, I mean, we can always play the phone into the mic. Okay, Mr. Mr. Smith, can you... Hear us? Can hey, right. Oh. Hey. Yeah, I can hear you, but I lost my video and I lost my mute or unmute. Well, I tell you, we can hear you now really good. Yep. Hey, well, I vote yes. Okay, thank you, Mr. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, the motion carries 7-0.
six to one. All right. For your patience there. Uh, moving along. Thank you. We, we have application number four. Uh, Fact Flagler Health uh, Village Non-Residential Controlling Master Site Plan, application 4436. Mr. Tyner. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is for a controlling site master plan located uh, off of um, Beltaire and Matanzas. It is a kind of a mixed-use uh, uh, project with uh, Mr. Hoover will we'll provide the details to the controlling site master plan. Tier two. Good evening again. Um, this is a pretty exciting uh, project in uh, North Palm Coast called Flagler Health Plus Village. It's located on three adjoining parcels and it's about uh, one mile west of I-95 uh, located in the southeast quadrant of Matanzas Woods Parkway and Beltaire Parkway. And uh, overall the site's 20.15 acres. They've submitted for a non-residential controlling master site plan. It's a tier two uh, development so final review and determination is made by the planning board project includes a medical office building, a health building, and a church. And you can see that uh, there's a stormwater pond already uh, constructed in the southwest corner of the site. This is the uh, future land use map, and uh, the site is designated mixed use, and then the south portion of the site is designated DRI mixed use. The surrounding area to the north and east is residential. To the south is DRI mixed use and then to the west is a little bit of mixed use and the rest is DRI mixed use. The uh, property has two zonings. The, the north part up there is COM1 the, uh, and just outside the property boundary, there's a little more COM1. That's where the Dollar General is located. Uh, the rest of the property is uh, PSP, which is public, semi-public. And then as we go to the south and the west, the blue hatched area is all Palm Coast Park MPD. Northwest of the site is uh, DPX for duplex. And then to the north and the east, uh, in the yellow and the orange, that is uh, single-family residential. This is uh, the site plan. North arrow is to the right in this case. So uh, at the top of the screen, there's uh, Beltaire Parkway. On the right-hand side is Matanzas Woods Parkway. And on the bottom of the screen is Old Beltaire Parkway which is now sort of a local road. And then on the left side of the screen is Buffalo Bill Drive, which is a very minor roadway. So uh, if we include Dollar General in here, we've got the whole block uh, taken up with this project and they have done uh, a good job to try to uh, match up or complement uh, the Dollar General. 
So on the west side of Dollar General, a proposed medical office building is proposed. That is two-story, 38,660 square feet. At the top of the screen that would come in off of Beltaire Parkway is a health building that is, uh, they're hoping that that ends up being a future home for the YMCA. And in the northwest corner of the screen, the stormwater pond would be expanded uh, probably 50% or so to suit this, uh, service all this whole site. And then uh, the church would uh, make up the sort of the south part and the uh, bottom left-hand corner of your screen. So uh, in this case, here's the uh, site development requirements since we have two zoning districts on the site. So the medical office building is COM1. The rest of the site is PSP or public, semi-public. So the uh, left-hand side of the middle uh, column is for COM1, and then PSP is on the right-hand uh, side of the middle. So easily uh, minimum lot size of about half acre, they're coming in at 20 acres. More importantly, maximum building height is 50 feet in COM1. The medical office building is 46 feet. And then in the PSP, the health building and the church building are coming in at 42 and 30 feet. The maximum impervious surface ratio uh, is required in both zoning districts to be 70% at the top end. They're coming in at 41%. Uh, the minimum building setbacks, uh, basically it's 25 off the main roads, 20 off local roads, and then the rear and the side are 10 feet. They meet all those requirements. Uh, the minimum parking standards uh, require 520 spaces, and they're providing 615. This is the uh, building elevation for the uh, medical office building that would be located on the uh, right there at the corner of uh, Matanzas and Beltaire. So the top uh, view is the north elevation, and the uh, bottom view is the uh, east elevation. As we go to the south off of uh, Beltaire Parkway, we can see the health building, uh, which is hoped to be the home of the YMCA. It looks like a two-story building, but it's actually a one-story. And this is the uh, Palm Coast uh, United Methodist Church. The uh, five review criteria from section 2.0505 uh, apply to a master site plan. Uh, project must not be in conflict with the public interest and it needs to be consistent with both the comprehensive plan and the land development code. Must not impose a significant hardship or liability on the city. Must not create an unreasonable hazard or nuisance and must comply with all applicable government standards. And we reviewed this thoroughly, provided detailed findings in the staff report. The uh, master site plan will not create a nuisance hazard or any compatibility issues as it meets all development standards and is in compliance with its future land use uh, map designations. The uh, 
This development is infill and it already has needed infrastructure in place and it actually supports five goals, policies, or objectives of the comprehensive plan. It meets all standards of the land development code. Okay, so because this is a particular type of uh, master plan and probably most planning board members have not seen this before. I think the last one we did was in 2015. Uh, it's a non-residential controlling master plan. So these are the key criteria that are required to uh, be able to apply for this. The overall project must be designed to function as a single project and provide shared parking and access drives, a master stormwater system, pedestrian and vehicular connectivity throughout, a property owners association, and it only applies to projects that are moderate tier two or major tier three projects. In this case, we're at the upper end of the tier two since it's about 95,000 square feet of building area. Now these are a little bit more specific standards for the non-residential controlling. So the, the, the majority of parking uh, cannot exceed 60% between the buildings and the street. Uh, in this case, they're running about 35 or 40%. The sidewalks connecting off key facilities with a different surface than the vehicular areas, and then landscaping needs to be provided about 50% of its length. And a good example of this project, and I think maybe the only other one that we've seen uh, since I've been here, if you've been down to the shops of Palm Coast where Aldi is located, Tractor Supply, and there's a Taco Bell there, and a coffee, coffee shop. So the, you could see the different sidewalks and some of these uh, items right there. Awnings or porticos, uh, need to extend 10 feet in front of each pedestrian entrance to provide shelter for pedestrians entering and leaving the building. They need to have two public amenities, uh, which they do in this case. They also have to have a common architectural theme and a common architectural sign program. Uh, if this is approved by the planning board, they can submit for a technical site plan, which would be administratively reviewed and then they can follow with uh, building permits. So the uh, planning staff recommends that the Planning and Land Development Regulation Board find this project in compliance with the comprehensive plan and approve application 4436, a non-residential controlling master site plan for Flagler Health Plus Village subject to the conditions below. The uh, Property Owners Association will need to be set up during the technical site plan process. A common architectural sign plan will be required during the technical site plan process showing the template design for all monument and internal directional signs. And this, this last item is the site plan, the landscape plan, and building elevations shall be modified in order to comply with section 4.15 C, pedestrian access of the land development code. This shall specifically include, but not be limited to, 
having landscaping along 50% of applicable sidewalks, having special surfaces for the sidewalks to distinguish them from vehicular areas, providing a 10-foot canopy or portico at each building entrance, and providing at least a 6-foot wide landscaped area between building facades and adjacent sidewalks or parking areas. Applicants' uh, representatives are in attendance, and they actually have a PowerPoint presentation that will follow. Okay. The applicant, um, you there? Good evening. Shannon Acevedo with Matthews Design Group, for the record. Okay. You have a presentation you want to give? Yes. Um, it's, it's getting low. I'll, I'll go ahead and share my screen if that's the easiest way to do that here. Okay. This is the Flagler Health Village at Palm Coast. I'm Shannon Acevedo with Matthews Design Group and also have Chris Buttermore, the project engineer. Landscape architect is Matt Journey and our project manager and architects are with Stellar, Adam Wyden and Stephen Wagman and our environmental consultant is Ryan Carter. So this is the location map and thank you for that um, very comprehensive presentation. I'll, I'll try to respect everyone's time and not duplicate too much. But as you can see, this is right along Old Beltaire Parkway and Matanzas Woods in New Beltaire. I'll skip over the future land use and zoning since we've already looked at those. And really just give you a little bit of a high level overview of what we've got planned here for this village center. We've got a medical office, a gym or health type building that's going to be wellness focused, and then the church expansion. And this is all planned to be designed as a unified plan. Uh, with health and wellness as a constant theme throughout. We're going to have a large centrally located outdoor community space area and this is going to be designed in a way that connects and promotes shared uses together. The main entrance to the medical office is going to be from Matanzas Woods Parkway and it will interconnect to the main church entrance from New Beltaire Parkway. Um, as we start to look at a little bit, there is a master stormwater system. It's going to be efficiently located in the corner next to the, where the church is proposed that will serve the entire development. And we are planning pedestrian interconnectivity throughout the entire plan, um, as I've mentioned before, especially in regard to the outdoor space area that you can kind of see sort of central to the plan. That area is going to be about 50,000 square feet and it's uh, planned that way to have kind of a village feel so that everyone has access to it. It becomes sort of a focal point for the master plan as a whole. The site itself is about 20 acres. Um, and we kind of went over some of the, the building footprints, but uh, just to kind of review the ISR, we're looking at about 38%, building coverage at seven, and then the total floor area ratio considering the second floors would put us right around 11. 
in terms of parking, there is 615 provided. And to kind of break that down for you, you can sort of see where some of these areas could be shared strategically with one another as the demand for parking could change throughout the week and different peak hour times. But essentially, what we've got planned here is 198 spaces for medical, 179 for the gym, health, wellness type facility, and then 238 for the church. We do have a phasing plan that we're looking at for the actual engineering construction. And just to kind of give you a general idea of how we see that panning out is phase one would be the Flagler Health Medical Building, and then also the main circulating drive that would take you through to where the master stormwater pond is going to be. So that would all be built in one phase. As far as the second phase, we're looking at that gym, health center, and additional parking areas. And then last would be the church redevelopment and additional parking and overflow. And just to kind of give you a little bit of an idea, this is what the front rendering would look like for the medical office, the two-story. This is what you'd see when you first enter the site, looking at about 22,000 square feet for the footprint, 38,660 for total area. And then just to give you a little bit of detail, the gym would then look like about 15,000, 30,000 total. And then the church would be a one-story at around 26,000 square feet. We also have a playground planned for the church as well as a future outdoor activity area. And just to kind of give you an idea, this is what the exterior view would look like for the rear of the Flagler Health Medical Center. We already kind of looked at these elevations a little bit, but I did want to share and have them up on the screen in case there are any questions. But this kind of gives you a general idea of the paint colors, style, finishes with the stucco and stone veneer. And then the floor plan in case you had questions about how the space would be utilized. And as you can see for the wellness facility, we're looking at a very similar style in terms of architecture with the colors and finishes for that building as well. And again, this is just conceptual at this point, but so you can get an idea of what that floor plan would look like for the fitness facility. And then finally, what the church architectural elevations would look like. And then a floor plan as well, so you can kind of see where that main sanctuary area would be and some of the ancillary uses around it. Last but not least, this is our landscape plan. We are planning for the 25-foot G landscape buffer along New Belterre Parkway, the Tansas Woods, and Old Belterre. We do have a 10A landscape buffer along Buffalo Bill. And basically, just to kind of generally look at this, you've got a lot of palms lining the main circulation areas. 
with some shade and understory trees focused in the parking areas where we're going to have the most um, impervious surface. And it, it's I a little bit hard to see on here. But I would be there about nine o'clock. Um, the other thing I just wanted to point out where you kind of see the shaded areas around the buildings, those are where the foundation landscaping would be planned. And that's what I've got prepared. I'm available for questions. And I believe we also have some other members of the team that may have joined. Okay. Um, I'll bring it back to the board for some questions or comments, please. Chris only here, no comments or questions. Okay, anyone else? Yes, yep. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. If you can hear me. I can hear you. Okay, my question, okay. I, I would like to know what kind of sidewalk treatments uh, that will be installed there. I'm thinking of Americans with Disabilities Act and, you know, are you going to be in compliance with that throughout? Yes, uh, so the wheelchair access yes. and Yes, it, it will be a paved type of sidewalk throughout, and I guess I could spend a little bit of time. Um, I know this is a bit small scale to try to digest here, but just to kind of give you a general idea, um, we are looking at connecting the sidewalks coming into the site. If Can you see my cursor when I move on the screen? or is no, your, your uh, screen didn't get no. shared. We, we uh, displayed the PowerPoint on our end. Okay. All right. Um, well, I can just kind of explain it. So when you when you come in from Matanzas, there will be a sidewalk connection that takes you directly to the front of the health building. And we wanted to be careful to make sure that we had sidewalk connections throughout the entire site. We didn't want to have any breaks where you couldn't get from one place to another without sidewalk access. Um, so we do have it continuing around towards the, the top part, if you're looking at the site plan, of the outdoor space area. And then that's gonna connect to the wellness, the, the fitness center, um, wrapping that building. And then we also have a, a separate sidewalk connection that comes off of New Beltaire that's going to come into the site where you see that sort of roundabout and then a sidewalk connection that comes all the way down to um, cross where the main entrance of the church will be and then that sidewalk will extend back to uh, where the outdoor community space area is. So if you could tell me again because I think I may have missed something uh, these will be wheelchair accessible? Yes. And uh, will that be sloped or you'll have those articulated dome things? In, what, what, what are those cutouts, if you will, going to look like? I mean, wheelchair access is good. Yeah, I don't know if I have that level of detail. Um, okay. I know we've got our, I think we've got our engineer on, on the line as well. 
Yeah, this is Chris Buttermore. Can you can you hear me? Yes, I can. How you doing? Yeah, it's going to be in compliance with the American with Disabilities Act. The slopes will be met. The type of service will be will be adhered to. So all the walkways on site will will meet those requirements. Certainly. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Miss Lucas. Any any other questions from any committee member? Okay, I'll open it to the public. Do we have any public? We have no public, so I'll bring it back to the board for a motion and second. Mr. Chairman, Bobby DiMaria, I'll make a motion to approve for application 4436 with the recognition three items action conditions by the staff. Second. Mr. Lucas. Roll call, please, Miss Iring. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, can you hear us? You cannot. Yes. Is that your vote? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Mrs. Lucas. Yes. Mr. Dolny. Yes. Mr. Scully. Yes. Mr. DiMaria. Yes. Mr. Lemon. Yes. Mr. Davis. Yes. The motion carries seven to zero. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before we close, I would like to thank each of the board members that I have served with. I will be no longer serving. This is my last meeting. And I appreciate all of you's help. And Katie, yours especially, keeping me straight. But thank you all. And I hope that you will continue to do an excellent job for the city of Palm Coast. Thank you very much for all of your assistance. Thank you and good luck. I miss you. Yes, Katie. I just said you've done an excellent job. We really appreciate it. You have a way the way you've handled the meetings. Thank you. And I would like for you to see Irene sometime, please. She has something. Thank you all. I entertain a motion that we adjourn. Crystal, may I move to adjourn? Second. Roll call. Mr. Smith. Yes. Mrs. Lucas. Yes. Mr. Dolny. Yes. Mr. Scully. Yes. Mr. Davis. Yes. Mr. DeMaria. Yes. Mr. Lemon. Yes. Motion carries 7 to 0. And I also want to thank Mr. Dolny for his service. It's also his last meeting. Thanks, Irene. You're welcome. It's been fun. We are adjourned.